Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 282 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is recognized as a pioneer in the personal coaching field and was part of the founding team of the International Coach Federation. She has brought coaching to NASA, Florida State Government and dozens of Fortune 500 companies. She has made appearances on Oprah, Good Morning America and CNN amongst others, as well as publishing five best-selling books including Now What? 90 Days to a New Life Direction and The Little Book on Meaning. And in 2015, she gave a TEDx talk titled How to Find Your Dream Job Without Ever Looking at Your Resume, which has been viewed more than one and a half million times. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Laura Berman Fortgang. Hello, thank you. Laura, obviously that was very much an overview of your sort of your your presence, if you like. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into personal coaching? Sure. Um, I've been coaching now for 27 years and I was just a wee tot when I began. (laughs) And I came from pursuing my dream of being a Broadway musical theater star. So I... uh, my parents wouldn't pay for a theater degree. So I went to college at Boston University and got a communications degree. And I actually had less fear about going to New York City and trying for my dream than I did about writing a resume and getting a job. I was more afraid to write a resume and get a job. So I went off, gave myself five years to make it. And at year eight, I still didn't have an agent, but I had come to a reasonable level of success, but I didn't like the lifestyle. You know, I didn't like the uncertainty. And I really didn't know what else I would do. Ran across an old friend who had become a coach, never heard of such a thing. And I was a client first. And then I kind of just took off like a shot, like a, like a horse to water, they say, right. Or, um, I just, uh, you know, studied and was in the right place at the right time and, and had more magazines and television appearances post an acting career. So it's kind of ironic in a way. But I, you know, and then um, like 15 years ago that my specialty became helping people uh, reinvent their careers. So it's been an amazing, amazing ride. So so how did that sort of, you know, come about? What was it that actually sort of took you in that direction? Of coaching or of the career direction stuff? What sort of career coaching in, in general? Um, you know, when you've been coaching for a while, you start looking at, well, I, I'm someone who just finds patterns in, in things, you know, and I would just notice that the people I did best with were the people that really didn't know what they wanted to do next or they were unhappy in their work. And I did grow up with a father who hated his job and that is not a fun existence. So I think it's also become a bit of a mission, you know, that um, you really feel like you're contributing and that you're doing something that is meaningful to you as well as a paycheck. So um, it just evolved on its own really to be my focus. And it really erupted after 9-11, the, the events of 9-11. I live 15 miles outside of New York City and that shocking event in the United States had people 
you know, I thought it could be the end of my business uh, because the economy had tanked. But within four days of that event, my phone was ringing off the hook with people who were quite shaken saying, oh, my gosh, my life could end tomorrow. I need to take the back burner thing and put it on the front burner or I hate my job and I can't live like this. And that's how it became my specialty. Right. Are you able to draw any parallels between what's happening with the pandemic at the moment and that sort of situation, what was nearly 20 years ago? Very much so. And with a little stop in between with the 2008-2009 market crash. Um, Yeah, every time there's a big, big, big fallout like that, um, you know, where my business is humming along fine, but then it it just erupts with interest. Um, You know, in this case, I think people are still in numb because some are, you know, laid off, furloughed, waiting to see if their work comes back. But um, I just did an event the uh, week of December 1st, and I had hundreds and hundreds of people definitely thinking about what else should I be doing and what industries are going to go away and how do I maintain my longevity as an earner. So certainly. Yes, it should be interesting to see what happens in 2021, definitely. No doubt. Yep. Okay, Laura, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Well, I think we could riff off of the title of my um, TED Talk, you know, how to how to find your dream job without ever looking at your resume. I think the tip is that don't don't look at your resume for the next step if you're really not satisfied with what you're doing because your resume is only a chronological business case for doing the same thing again in yeah. some, you know, with some twist. And for folks in IT, I mean, I often hear that they want to do, they want to feel like they're, they're working with people more, or they want to have their knowledge be used in a way that impacts, um, in a way that's meaningful to them. Right. So, uh, I think it's a natural evolution of, you know, you're, there's something you're good at, there's something you can make great money at, and then you start asking, is this it? <laughs> um, is there more I want to do with this? You know, so I think that if there's anyone out there thinking that they they might want to make a change, your resume isn't going to have the answer. Indeed, yes. I mean, I, I get... Um... If, you know, feedback when you when you hear about people reviewing resumes and and there's a lot in particularly within the industry that we work in being it there's a lot of repetition within within resumes because right. you are typically doing a particular role and moving between companies but you're still applying the same skill sets or a developed version of the same skill set but it, it doesn't necessarily translate very well into a resume right it's it's a locked skill set and sure you could move it to different industries but you know, where else can you expand with that? And I, I find this in, in engineering also, not just in IT, that people that are more technically trained, um, you know, not not 100% rule, but a lot of times they'll want to, they'll use the words like, I want to do something more people related, you know, so that might lead you to training, you know, to training others on the things that you do so well. Or, you know, or leading a team and becoming a better leader and working on communication style as a way to do that. So those are some of the gaps that that come up when you're trying to challenge yourself within the context of your career. Yes, good points. Good. Okay. Um, Laura, can you tell us maybe about your worst career moments and what you learned from that experience? My worst career moments? (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. No one's asked me that in a really long time. And you know, my head goes right. My having been for so long now, you know, a solo preneur, right? So I've, I have the great privilege of traveling all over the world, going to different companies, learning different industries, learning from different people. And I don't run into as many problems <laughs> because I kind of pick and choose, right? But I, most of my worst moments were as an actor, but I think that they give so much, um, so much training for the real world, right? So the acting world, I consider the fake world, right? So I can remember one time being in an audition and I'm singing my heart out. And this man was, I mean, I could see everything he was doing and he was leaning over to the other guy next to him and just, you know, putting his finger in his mouth, kind of like, you know, illustrating that he felt ill over this uh, performance. And so I'm like, just, I can't believe that he's being so blatantly rude. And, you know, I left that and it, and it was crushing, of course. I'm like 20 something years old. And, you know, I'm, I remember, you know, saying to my mom that said, gone on, just, you know, for all you know, you looked like his ex-wife. And that moment helped me learn about not taking rejection personally. And I think that that can serve anywhere. Do you know what I mean? You could be as high up in a in a company and, you know, have someone who doesn't champion you and it could have nothing to do with you. So how do you survive what can become a nasty uh, corporate environment, right? If someone, is, you know, actually works against you. Yeah, I suppose the, the natural reaction is to take that sort of thing on face value, but you don't necessarily know the motivation or the reasons behind that reaction. So it is difficult, isn't it? You sometimes have to try to take that that step back and detach yourself from it. Um, and as you say, yes, there could be other reasons behind it. Um, right. And they- it's really like the, the personal development work side of being in a workplace is yep. that, you know, yeah, we're all supposed to be grownups and professionals and, you know, know our expertise. But in the end, we're just people. And sometimes workplaces are just a bunch of kids on a playground uh, with the same unmet needs, but, you know, they dress better and speak better. So when you can have that distance and realize that, you know, maybe it's not you and it's, it's really quite immature, (laughs) it, it really helps you, um, you know, just not get bothered by it. Yes, I know what you're saying, um, but obviously from that sort of reaction that you got, I mean, it, to me, that was unprofessional anyway. Oh, sure. And, you know, it's years ago now, but it, it was such a great lesson. You know, it was like a, such a low and such a, you know, humiliating experience, but such a great lesson to realize, you know, it doesn't matter in the law, in the grand scheme of things. Yep, exactly. Not a reason to quit, not a reason to believe in yourself less, just a bad day. Indeed. Okay. Um, Laura, can you tell us about your career highlight? My career highlight? Well, you know, the, I know I may be a little bit of a different guest for your show, but certainly meeting Oprah Winfrey um, was a career highlight. Um, one that it's, I mean, it, we're talking years ago now, and I can't go anywhere without somebody in the Q and a section, you know, after a speech go, what was it like to meet Oprah? <laughs> it doesn't matter how many years it's been or how insignificant it really is. 
But that was another moment, not just to meet, um, you know, someone who has made such an impact on the world, but again, another moment to say, I remember trying to psych myself up for that and not being too nervous for, for it. We were going on TV live with four days notice. Um, and I remember thinking, this is something I even tell my executive clients or, or someone who's going to work with a high level executive. I'll say, you know, always respect seniority, but assume equality. And in, in it, that worked for me um, in that 42 minutes of airtime. Like I can't even tell you because if I had been scared, intimidated, shy, nervous, it would not have been the show that it turned out to be. And, you know, she came backstage afterwards and wanted to sit down and, and talk about some of the things I had said on the show. And if I had been intimidated and scared, that, that would not have occurred. So that was the highlight among the everyday highlights of, you know, really making a difference for people. Those are good too. <laughs> good. Okay. Um, so obviously from a from an external perspective, Laura, can you maybe give us your view um, about the future of the IT industry? Well, this is probably one of the more secure industries, right? So, um, but at the same time, as we develop our machines to be more intelligent than we are, right, we always have to stay on top of our skill set. Um, so I, th I see longevity and I see, you know, way more innovation. But I think that, um, you know, how it's how it's going to scale in terms, I don't mean scale in terms of growth, but in terms of um, age, you know, we've known Silicon Valley to be a younger place for people to work. Well, now all those people are getting older. What is that going to look like? Yes, that that is very true. <laughs> yes. Right. So, you know, where it's like, oh, if you're not, you know, bringing a skateboard to work, you can't work here. But now what's going to happen when they don't do that anymore, right? So I just think it's going to be an interesting and fascinating ride of how we age in the land of IT. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Yep. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So I'm not going to cover the first question, which I usually ask, but we'll go into the second one. So what is the best career advice you've ever received? The best career advice I've ever received. Hmm. Be the best. Just be the best at what you do. Be single-minded in it. And that doesn't mean to compete with anyone other than yourself. Yes. Now, I was going to follow up and ask about what sort of defining the best is presumably specific or, or it's individual, isn't it? It's, it's, it's how you measure yourself. I think it is. I mean, if you want to make it like the best and I've got to beat other people, then it's a more miserable existence. Like, I, I don't need to play that game. But when no. you, when you, you know, even, but even to say I want to be the best in my industry, you don't have to do it in the comparison role as much as just, you know, don't lay back on your laurels. Don't, um, don't coast, you know, always be sh sharp and always be learning and always be looking for that next horizon to innovate. You know, I've been doing this a long time and I went from people not knowing what it is that coaching is to now people will say, I've met 50 of you this week. You know, what's so special about you? And I, and when new, new people get into my field, they're like, you know, how do I get, you know, this many followers on Instagram or how do I, you know, get into a big company to be their coach? And I, I take everyone right back to be really good at what you do. 
It's not being good at the marketing. It's being good at what you do. Because if you create great results, whether this you're in IT or you're a coach like me or whatever it is, if you create extraordinary results, that's your own marketing. That's your PR. You don't have to do anything else. Do, do you think you have to know or define what best looks like for you? Does, does that help? Um. You know, goal that I would put that in the category of goals, you know, like, you know, how do you define what the best is? Is it a dollar amount? Is it a title? Is it a certain, you know, language you want to master in your field? Or is it um, a feeling? You know, you have to, you have to determine that. That's fine. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um. What is the worst career advice I've ever received? It's never an easy question. (laughs) Well, that's good to know. (laughs) It probably came from my father, but I can't remember what it is. That's fine. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll move on. Um, So if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? I would, if I were starting right now, but do I get to be the same age I was or am I starting right now at my current age? No, 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 as, as you were. So okay. if you were starting right, you know, coming out of college. I would, um, you know, I having the wisdom of many years, I would worry less. I would. I would worry less and I would compare less. Okay. Do, do you know what you'd actually, maybe career direction? Have you, what would you do? I wouldn't change a thing. I went for I went for my dream that led to something even beyond my wildest dreams, and um, I wouldn't change that at all. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? I am currently focusing on scaling up, right? So going from the a boutique model of me doing most of the coaching work to um, doing more instead of one on one, more one on many. So through you know, online coursework and um, training more people to replace me. So I'm in a big scale up and it's very fun. Okay. Very fun. I bet. So very, very much a sort of a, a sort of shift in the, in your, in your own setup, presumably in terms of your company and how you operate. Exactly. And I've been through many iterations over the years, you know, like me, then I did have a team of coaches, then back to me. But this is this is very, you know, very current, um, relying more on technology, too. And um, it, I would say it's a direct outcome of COVID. Yes. Yeah, I was about to ask that question. But yes, I can understand why. Yeah. And Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Certainly communication skills, certainly. Um, You know, that was kind of the irony of not finding the success uh, as an actor as I wanted. But then everything I learned being on the stage was exactly what helped me build my business when I became a coach. Yes, indeed. So, yes, transferable skill sets. 100%. (laughs) <laughs> you know, from trying to create a character and how do they think and why, what are they motivated by and why would they do this to now, you know, doing that with clients, you know, what motivates you, what makes you want to work, what do you want to contribute, you know, really getting inside how, what makes people tick. Yes. Yeah. I can see how that would, that would work. Yeah, definitely. 
And how do you keep your own career energized? I am. I I read. I watch. I I read. Fast Company is one of my favorite publications, by the way. Um, just see, you know, who's on the leading edge of what, and how does it translate to my business? Can it translate to my business? You know, just keeping an eye out for trends and for things that are coming. Um, and that helps me tremendously. But also, you know, I, I, I walk the talk, like I will hire a coach. I will hire somebody to hold me accountable. Um, I would never ask my executive clients to, or my management clients to do anything that I wouldn't do, even if we're in completely different industries, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, in the words of Stephen Covey, keeping the saw sharp, was that, were those his words? Something about a saw, sharpening the saw. Right. Okay. <laughs> And what do you do in your spare time away from your career coaching? Uh, well, I still have three children at home. They they wish COVID would be over so they could not be home anymore. Yes. But, yes. but believe it or not, I crochet. <laughs> right. I crocheted so much during the shutdown that I started selling my pieces to raise money for charities because I had too many things that I had made. Right. What just out of interest, what sort of charities do you support? Um, I have supported the frontline workers who have, you know, put their li- their lives on the line for other people in the health in their health. Um, you know, we've had in the United States a tremendous amount of upheaval around social justice and anti racism, and so I've donated to those causes. The ACLU over here, um, American Civil Liberties Union, and. Um, and probably going to go back to another round for helping out the the people who are the frontline workers who are risking everything to help everybody else. So it's been really great fun to say, you know, put it out there on Facebook, a very unusual thing for my business. Like, hey, I crocheted a bunch of stuff. Who needs gifts? All the money goes to charity and I sell out immediately. I cannot keep up. Once I tell people I have, you know, nine more projects, they buy them all up. It's really been very sweet. Great. Well, that's good to hear. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that's a positive thing that's that's happening as an outcome of what you're doing. That's fantastic. Thank you. Good. Um, Laura, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? A parting piece of career advice. Um, honor those inklings inside of you that something else is trying to evolve within you. Like, you know, if you're you have a feeling it's time to move on, you have a feeling it's time to uh, take a risk and suggest a project. Don't edit yourself. Do it. Take risks. Yep. So, yeah, presumably calculated risks, though. Yes, of course. <laughs> right. Want to throw anyone over the cliff. Indeed, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and Laura, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, I my unusual name is easily Googleable, Googleable, meaning you'll find me, Laura Berman Fortgang. But do check out nowwhatcoaching.com and you'll find me through there. Great. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. A pleasure. Thank you. Hi, Phil here again. Now, if you thought about being a guest on the show yourself or you have somebody in mind that might be a good guest, please do let me know. You can reach me on Twitter where I'm at FieldTechCareer, or you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can even contact me through the website, 
which is itcareerenergizer.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.